In this episode, we do some catching up just in general, but also on music that has come out so far in 2021, and I talk about a couple of books by Tatiana Durazne. It's good to be back with you after over two months away. I'm your host, Derek Brink, and you are listening to Empty Checking. Hey there, checkmates. How you doing? It has been a minute, hasn't it? It's been uh, actually quite a few minutes. I could do the math on it, but why would I? The last full episode of this show went up on May 1st, and as I'm recording this, it is... uh, Well, actually, I'm going to be piecemealing this episode over a couple of different days. It's uh, currently well into the month of July. So, uh, took some time off there. Didn't really mean to, also kind of meant to. If you uh, have read the blog over at emptychecking.blogspot.com, let's say, if you've uh, read that, then you were probably a little bit in the dark because I wasn't posting updates there. I just posted one that was very dark and, and dreary and depressing and negative and then nothing for like a while. But on the Podbean app, which also sent updates to all of your different streams and stuff, all the different places you can listen to the show, which you're probably listening to it uh, on now, if you were checking in on that, then you you have a little bit better of an idea of what's been going on for the past couple of months. Uh, but for those of you who are absolutely in the dark and have no idea where went the show, uh, let me give you an update. Let me tell you what happened. Basically, May was going along okay until about May 4th when my car broke down in a parking lot, just wouldn't start, and couldn't couldn't get it working. And uh, the long story short of that, the very long story short of that, is I called my insurance company, Liberty Mutual Insurance, incidentally, and they uh, told me that they could get a tow truck out to me within about an hour and six hours later, the tow truck showed up at two in the morning. Uh, during that, my brother Dave came out and sat with me and made sure that I would have a ride home because COVID-19 still exists and I wasn't going to get into a tow truck with the tow driver I didn't know and risk getting sick or getting him sick. Uh, and that uh, So Dave was there too until two in the morning on what for him was a work night, and uh, it was just a mess and Liberty Mutual certainly did a great job with a over 20 year customer on that particular night. Uh, got the car to the shop, the shop put in a new starter. And then a week later I was at a gas station and my car wouldn't start again. And this time, based on my previous experience, I called a friend who I knew had AAA and she came over and got in my car and called AAA and said, Hey, I'm a passenger in this car need you to come tow it, because uh, they'll they'll do that if you're a passenger in a car. And so that was a minor, like, very, very minor scam. Like, she wasn't a passenger in my car when I broke down, but she was on site by the time they got there. So uh, got it towed by AAA, who incidentally were there within 45 minutes on a weekend. 
So uh, that's uh, that's 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 the difference between Liberty Mutual and Triple A. So the car went back to the shop. I was hoping just it was something wrong with the starter. They installed it wrong, something like that. Wasn't because they took a couple of weeks in diagnosing it, and their diagnosis was: look, we don't know what's wrong. Something's grounding it out and is telling your starter to start all of the time and burning it out. It burned out a brand new starter. We're going to put another one in there for you, so it's you've still got a new starter. But we don't know why this is happening, and you need to take it to a dealership. And so I took it to a dealership, and the dealership diagnosed it as the PCM of my car. Which, if you don't know what that is, that's basically the computer of your car, the brain of your car that tells everything what to do. A wire in that had come loose and had grounded out on the casing. That's basically what was happening, and it was probably going to set my car on fire if it weren't fixed, and also I wouldn't be able to start it anyway. Uh, so they fixed that to the tune of $1,835. And when I got the car back from them, they said, hey, by the way, your uh, ignition tumbler is bad and you have to jiggle the key to start the car. Which was not a problem before my car was taken to Bomberito Ford in Hazelwood, Missouri, where they charged me $1,835 to give me back a car that had a new problem that hadn't existed before I took it. In there, so they wanted to fix that for another 450 bucks. And at that point, I'm at the ACV of the car, not not the ACV of the car. I'm at about 50 percent, little shy of 50 percent of the ACV of the car. And I said, no, I'll just jiggle the key. So I jiggled the key, and it would start, and so on. And that worked for about a week and a half before it would no longer start from jiggling the key. So now it's broken down in a different parking lot, where fortunately it can rest for a while. And I tapped out. Uh, The writing was on the wall a month before this happened, and I should have read it at that time. I decided, you know what? I'm done. There's nothing else I can do, do like, I, I can't keep pouring money into this car, even though, honestly, pouring the additional 400 and change into it probably would have kept it running for another couple of years. Tapped out. Gave up. The car is for sale, and I've already actually gone to a uh, auto dealer, and I've got a new car. I'm now driving around. Well, not a new car. A new-to-me car. I'm now driving around in a 2013 uh, Chevy Equinox that's doing just fine, which actually means I've got a car payment for pretty much the first time in my life uh things have just worked out to where i haven't in the past but i've got a car payment now and uh that's awful and scary and is going to alter how i have to live because i've also got student loan debts and you know credit cards from just being in my 40s and buying things uh some of which were critical some of which were guitars uh i've got credit cards I'm paying off. I've got, you know, the obvious living expenses that that I'm paying off. I've still got student loan debt that honestly, if the student loan debt went away, I would have gotten a brand new car. I would have just gone to a dealership and said, show me something in a 2021 or 2022 model. And I would have just taken the student loan payment and put it into that car and had a brand new car that was a lot of fun. Instead, I've got a used uh, Chevy Equinox that is a little older than what you would hope, uh, but that is is a good car, and I basically like it, and it's fine. Um, 
But it's, I mean, it's not going to last that long. My Mercury that I was driving was a 2009. This is what what's 9 to 13, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, only four years newer. So it's probably got about four years of life in it, and they'll need a new car. Who knows? Maybe by then I'll be done paying off my student loan debt. Probably not, but maybe. So that's that's all been very frustrating and very infuriating, and I've also just been on a really bad run of luck outside of that. My uh, dryer for my laundry stopped working, and I can't afford to fix that now since I got a car payment. So that's uh, uh, another thing going on, and uh, had some. Uh, ha- I've had various problems at the house with stuff breaking. Uh, lawnmower stopped working. Had some siding fall stuff and gotten that fixed. Actually, need to prioritize that. I've had tree branches hitting the roof and denting my gutter. Uh, yesterday in my yard, I had to kill a swarm of ants that was all over one of my trash cans, and I got bit by a couple of them. Uh, it's been, uh, it's been like that for the past couple of months. So that's where I've been. I haven't really had the energy or the uh, fun, good time that I normally would like to have before sitting and recording this show. Uh, I just, I've been in a negative headspace, and I didn't want to take that out on you any more so than I normally would, and, uh, uh, it would have been, they, they wouldn't have been good shows, you know? It would have been just a bad tone and a bad show, and I didn't want to, I didn't want to put you through that. So it's been a couple of months, I took a couple of months off. Uh, I also, (laughs) I tried to do this a few weeks ago and had trouble getting things to upload because of problems I won't go into that are nobody's fault, really, but I, I, you know, it just didn't work out very well. So that's that's uh, what's been going on. That's why there hasn't been a show lately. It's uh, taken some time, but I'm finally in a place where I can do a show again, and you're getting one today. Lucky, lucky you. We are at episode number 99, and if you will recall, before everything went sideways, I was saying that I wanted episode number 100 to be just full of listener mail. Which, by the way, I've gotten some nice listener mail while I've been away, uh, and just basically people saying, hey, I hope you still do the show. Hope you come back. I like listening to this. It helps my work day and stuff like that. And uh, that's really nice, and I appreciate it. And uh, I'll, I'll, I'll try to do better by you in the future. Uh, I'm not going to read any of those. They were all basically to that tone. And there was, just wasn't like a million of them, but there, there, were, there was more than one. And I appreciated it, and I'll just say that. I appreciated it. I did reply to the people who wrote to me. I always try to at least do that if you're courteous and if you're not just calling me gender slurs because I say trans rights or human rights at the end of the show. Uh, I get some of that, too. Uh, I get a lot of people just calling me reprehensible names that should not be things people call each other. Uh, because I say things like trans rights or human rights and Black Lives Matter and stuff like that at the end of the show. Uh, d- d- fine. Those people exist, and they're horrible, and they don't, you know, they don't get my replies, really. Uh, unless one of them's particularly, like, something just catches me where, where like, okay, I gotta talk to this guy. I gotta <laughs> at least tell him that he's an idiot. Uh, yeah, Once in a while, I'll do that. But most people, you know, I read as far as the first, uh, gender slurred F word. Um, and I, uh, I, I stopped reading and just hit delete and move on with my life. But 
for those who are nice, you get replies and you get my thanks, and I appreciate those who wrote in during my little hiatus there. Uh, with the show, gonna be doing some different stuff here soon, I think. Um, you, you guys have met my brother, longtime listeners have met my brother on the show, Dave, he's been on a few times. Uh, Dave had a cool idea about doing kind of a list-based podcast that we'll either do here or we'll maybe start our own. We haven't fleshed that out yet. We're going to talk about it. I kind of hope it'll be a segment on this show or maybe just be this show going forward because I really like his idea and I'm excited about it. Uh, by the way, in the interim, I've also done some backstage production stuff with uh, some other podcasts that friends of mine do. Uh, I'm always up for that. I'm always kind of for hire if you need sound stuff or just somebody to sort through your podcast that you've recorded and make it sound better and edit it and, and get it together and make it presentable for upload. I'm, I, I, I do that and I enjoy doing that. So I'd be glad to do that for your show. Uh, if anybody needs that, and I've been doing that for some people, but, uh, uh, Dave and I are going to be doing some podcast work together that I, I, I'm kind of hoping will just be this show. But if he's opposed to that and he wants to do uh, uh, his own show and, like, our own show, not not so much his own show, but our own show with this idea, it'll be something else, and I'll talk about that here as it happens. But I'm, I'm kind of hoping it'll just be, maybe I'll just take the with DB off, uh, off the empty checking logo, and uh, it'll just be empty checking, and Dave will be there, and it'll be the two of us doing stuff, and that'll be fun. Um... Or maybe it'll be an idea that we have and it never comes together. Who knows? But uh, I'm hoping that'll be happening here soon. And uh, when it does, I think uh, I think you'll all like that. I think you'll have fun with that because he had a really good idea. And I'm not going to spill too much of it you know, right now because who knows how things change once you start doing them. But uh, he had a cool idea and I, I think it'd, it'd work really well in this format. And uh, just be on the lookout for that and be listening for me to talk more about that. Uh, what was I saying, though? Episode 100 is coming out, and I wanted to do listener mail for that, and I've got several mail uh, emails and things from people uh, that I will read on the next show. I'm not going to do it next week. I'm not going to do episode 100 next week. I'm actually going to put two weeks between, because right now I'm saying to you, hey, if you still have any questions you, you want to ask, or additional questions if you've already asked one, uh, send them in send them in right now. The best ways to get my attention would be at the Podbean page, which is emptychecking.podbean.com, or at the blog, which is uh, emptychecking.blogspot.com, uh, or to email db at derekbrink.com, which seems to be what most of you do, because uh, you'll go to my website or something and hit contact, or you've heard me say db at derekbrink.com a number of times, and you think, well, that's easy. Just have to remember his name. Don't have to log into a thing and create an account. Uh, yeah, just email me, whatever your question is, I'll be glad to read it on the air. Uh, again, assuming that it's tasteful and whatnot. Let me know if you want your name mentioned, if you don't want your name mentioned, if you want people to know where you're from, if you have any uh, preferred uh, pronouns that I should be using, all that stuff. Uh, or none of that stuff, and I'll just uh, assume and wing it. That's the other option. But uh, yeah, send in your stuff. It'll be two weeks from whenever this goes up. We'll be episode 100, and we'll have a good time hearing from you that day. That show is whatever you make it, and uh, uh, I think that'll be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to episode 100. That's a big deal. Uh, there have definitely been more than 100 uploads to this channel over time, but uh, as, as far as official episodes, it'll be number 100 next time we're together. 
I'm really looking forward to it, and I hope you are too. Thank you so much for making that possible, and uh, I'm looking forward to celebrating that with you as soon as uh, as soon as we can. And uh, I, I I think we're going to be on a schedule where I'll actually be uploading again and doing it regularly. Uh, normally it'd be a weekly thing. I'm putting two weeks between the show this time just so any straggler emails can get in since it's been two months since I did an episode and now I'm saying, hey, get your stuff in by next week. That seems unfair. Get your stuff in to by the end of two weeks <laughs> and I will read your stuff on the air. Uh, so thanks for your patience. Thanks for being a checkmate for this long, and I look forward to doing episode 100, and I'll look forward to the rest of this episode where I'll be talking about just kind of giving a halftime report, more or less, of new music that came out. This episode's actually being recorded in a couple of different pieces, and that part's already done, so if you hear, hear me mentioning things that seem like they happened before this intro... Yeah, that's the case. I already recorded part of this, and uh, I just look behind the curtain. I'm I'm doing this after the fact because uh, more stuff happened, and I wanted to talk more about my car. That's uh, that's where we are. So uh, uh, we're going to talk about some music stuff. We're going to talk about a couple books by Tatiana Derozny, one of my favorite authors that I've discovered in the last several years, and it's uh, uh, it, it, it's a good one. I think you're going to enjoy it. So we'll play a little bit of music. Oh, that's another thing that happened. I put out two new albums, guys, over at DerekBrink.BandCamp.com, where you can listen to them for free, you can download them for free, you can pay for them if you want to, but if I were you, I'd put in zero as my purchase price, and I'd take home both Happy Now and Almost Moving Backwards for absolutely free. They're both really good albums. Almost Moving Backwards is a little bit more Americana-based. Happy Now is a little bit more rock and raucous and uh, that, that kind of stuff. I'm very, very proud of both of them, and I would love it if you loved both of them. You can download absolutely anything at DerekBrink.Bandcamp.com for absolutely free. I won't even know you took it. I would just love it if you loved it. So uh, do that, too. Uh, Also, since last time we talked, I had a birthday. I'm 41 now, and it was a good birthday. Uh, A a lot happened. There's been a lot (laughs) in the past couple of months. Uh, Belated Happy Father's Day to all of you out there, I guess, too. Uh, boy, it's been a weird time, hasn't it? Just, it's been such a long delay. Uh, sorry about that. But we, we've got a good episode, I promise you. Uh, but go listen to my stuff, too. <laughs> go listen to my music, too, because I'm, I'm really proud of that stuff, and I would, I, I, I really want you to hear it. And if you know me and you want to know, you want to feel what it's like to know me, uh, those albums are, are a good way to, to feel that, I guess. I, that or a thought like it. Uh, give it a chance. Come on, go download my stuff and, uh, enjoy the rest of this episode. I, uh, think I did when I recorded it and, uh, yeah, all that stuff. Thanks a lot for your patience. I'm really glad to be back with you and doing this again. And I hope you're glad to be hearing from me again too. It has been far too long and I'm going to try not to let that happen again.
want to talk about some music that I didn't write? Do you want to do that? Because uh, I want to do that. Doesn't really matter what you want to do. You're not in the room, so you have no control over this. Uh, I want to talk to you about some music. I have listened to a whole bunch of music since the last time we talked. And uh, I've bought a bunch of music since the last time we talked. Some of which was more ill-advised than others, given my current financial situation. But I've bought some stuff, and I've been gifted some stuff, and so on. And I want to talk to you about that stuff, at least some of it. Uh, but it's, it's, it's hard to know what to zero in on, because it's been so many weeks since I last talked to you. And honestly, I don't even remember what I've reviewed already on the show, or not. Uh, or a sentence that has syntax. I I don't know what I've already yelled at you about, basically, is what I'm saying. So I, I want to talk to you about music, but I was I was trying to figure out the best way to do that. And I think the best way to do that is, look, we're in June. We're coming up on the end of June. We're halfway through the year. So maybe it's just time for a 2021 halftime report. Maybe it's time that I just go through the stuff that I bought this year and talk to you about whether or not I liked it, give it kind of a letter grade, give you some of my thoughts, talk to you about what's happening this year so far. Uh, I have more to say about some of it than I do about the rest of it. Uh, we'll see what happens, I think. Basically what I've got in front of me is on this piece of paper, this one here, you can hear that, that piece of paper. On this piece of paper, which is actually two pieces of paper, I, uh, uh, I'm i realizing now, but uh, uh, I'm only reading from one of them. I have written down all of the albums that were new releases in 2021 that I've bought so far, and uh, I'm just going to kind of read them to you and tell you very, very briefly what my thoughts are on all of them. I will say before I do that, though, that Recently, I've been on a really big, tragically hip kick. Uh, tragically hip and Gord Downey solo kick, actually. Because uh, at the beginning of this month, during Canada's Juno Awards, the tragically hip got together with Feist, the singer Feist. Uh, uh, what's her name? Feist. I don't remember her first name. Uh, and they they performed one of the Hips songs for the Juno Awards with Feist singing, and it was a uh, it was a beautiful uh, performance. The song was "It's a Good Life If You Don't Weaken," by the way, which is a great tragically hip song. It's a good life if you don't weaken. Check that out. Uh, uh, pull up your Google and type in "tragically hip, comma Feist." And maybe also it's a good life if you don't weaken. You'll probably find the clip. Uh, it was so good that I kind of just want the Tragically Hip to be Feist's band from now on. And just like maybe be billed as Feist and the Tragically Hip. And they just write songs together now. Because it was really, really beautiful. Um, they, did, they did that performance and it just set me on a, a Tragically Hip thing. And I've been listening to The Hip nonstop, and also Gord Downey solo nonstop. Gord, of course, passed away a few years ago. And uh, there's an episode in the Empty Checking archives you can find where I talk about that. And uh, the fact that I found out about that on my lunch break 
And as memory serves, it even kind of, they gave me the wrong lunch order and I didn't even notice until several minutes had passed because I was just distracted by the fact that Gord Downey had died. Uh, the Tragically Hip is a fantastic band. You should really, really check them out. I particularly recommend the albums uh, Day for Night, We Are the Same, and Fully Completely. Uh, also Man Machine Poem, which was their last album with Gord Downey still living. Uh, those are, are sort of the go-to albums for me. Maybe they could be for you, too. Uh, I'm a big fan of the hip, and I think you should be as well. That's what I've been listening to lately. They also show up on this list, which we'll get to when we get to it. But uh, uh, here's a list of just the stuff that I've I've got this year, that I've either gotten myself or that I've been handed on a birthday or a Christmas or what have you. Uh, actually, I don't think any of this covers Christmas because that wouldn't have been 2021. You know what I mean. I either bought all of this stuff or it was given to me as a gift, is what I'm saying to you. I'm going to read through just the list, and for the most part, I'm just going to be giving you a letter grade. Uh, you know, arbitrary letter grade from A, B, C, D, or F. Uh, spoiler alert, there are no Fs because I've gotten to the point where I sort of only buy stuff that I'm predisposed to already like. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's where we are. Um, I'm, 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 I'm going to just go through this list and the, the letter grades are, uh, subjective and they're just sort of comparatively what I expect of that particular artist. Like, it's not, uh, it, it, I, I would give an A-plus to something The Who might do, whereas compared to that, something else that I might like, like the new Cheap Trick album, compared to The Who, it might be a D-minus, but compared to the rest of Cheap Trick, it might be an A-plus. You know what I mean? So based on what I expect from that band, if I expect The Who to give an A+, plus, but they give me a C-, minus, that's the grade I'm going to give. I'm not going to grade it against, yeah, I expect an A+, plus from The Who, but I expect a B from uh, Dropkick Murphys, but they actually delivered an A, you know? So I, I'm not weighting it that way. I'm weighting it against what I expected of the band and the album itself, not my musical tastes Overall, So anything I give an A here does not necessarily mean that it's a number one album of 2021. It just means that for what it is, I thought it was a really great release. It doesn't necessarily mean it's my favorite release of the year. It means that for that band, it hit me as an A, a B, a C, a D, or an F. That's, that's where we are. So uh, uh, that's what we're doing. I'm going to read through this list. You're going to listen to me read through this list, probably, unless you skip this segment, in which case you're kind of a dick, and uh, uh, that's, that's, that's what we're doing. So getting into the list, I think I just hit the microphone uh, stand, and you probably heard that. Sorry. Uh, getting into the list, here's the stuff that I bought, and more or less the order in which I bought it, uh, or got it because my birthday was in there 
too, although that stuff I didn't really listen to yet because I'm behind and I got on a Tragically Hip thing. Anyway, first one on the list is Matthew Sweet put out a new album. Matthew Sweet put out an album called Cat's Paw. I'll be honest with you, I'm not that familiar with Matthew Sweet. I'm glancingly familiar. You know, a song or an album here or there. I, I've got the Girlfriend album in my collection. Uh, I've got the stuff that you're supposed to have for Matthew Sweet in my collection. I've picked up his Under the Covers stuff that uh, with uh, 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 Susanna Hoffs, right? let's say yes. I've picked up those albums, and they're great. I enjoy those quite a bit. I especially like the one where they do the Yes song, because I'm a big Yes fan, and they did a really good version of All Good People. But in general, I'm not the world's biggest Matthew Sweet fan. My brother is a huge Matthew Sweet fan. That's why he should be on this show, because he could talk about the stuff that I can't. Uh, But he's introduced me to Matthew Sweet's stuff over time, and I finally kind of dove in toward the tail end of 2020 and the start of 2021. He put out a new album at the start of this year called Cat's Paw. I listened to it. I enjoyed it. It sounds very indie and very lo-fi in its way, although it sounds a step above lo-fi. It's not quite hi-fi, but it's a little bit above lo-fi. Matthew Sweet's indie stuff, from what I can tell, is... There's just something a little bit weird about the mix, but it's still good. Uh, and Cat's Paw has that going on for it. Ultimately, look, I gave it a B. That's uh, B as in boy. Uh, I liked it. I didn't, you know, fall falling over, head over feet, love it. But I, I liked it quite a bit. It's about a B. Uh, compared to the Girlfriend album, look, compared to the Girlfriend album, it's like... You know, Girlfriend is an A quadruple plus, and anything else he does is going to be a C or lower. But, uh, so it's it's not that album. And nothing's ever going to be that album from that guy. But it's a good album, and if you like him, you'll probably like it. You'll find some stuff to grab it onto. It's got the catchy stuff, the sort of riffy, poppy stuff that he does, and uh, I enjoyed listening to it. I haven't listen to it a ton, but every time I put it on, I've had a good time. So B on Cat's Paw. Uh, Lucero put out When You Found Me. I think I reviewed this on the show before, so I will be brief. It's uh, a good album that is kind of alt-country meets sci-fi, and I like both of those things. So on this particular draft of this list, I'm giving it a B. Uh, I like Lucero. There are albums that they have that I think are probably A's, and uh, this one is a B. That's where we are. may even be a B+. Let's move on, because again, I think I talked about it already. Uh, Annie DeFranco put out Revolutionary Love. I also think I talked about this one before on The Thing. Uh, I think I may have even called it pop music for wine drinkers or something like that. Uh, it's got a little bit of a jazzy vibe, but it's still got that kind of acoustic goodness that you want from her. Revolutionary Love is a good album. I'm going to give that one a B as well. We're going to just bolt through some of these. The Hold Steady, Open Door Policy. I can't remember if I talked about it on this podcast or not yet. Uh, if I did not, it's a very good Hold Steady album. It's one of those ones that you put on and just immediately you think, yep, that one's special. And uh, that is absolutely 
an A-rated album for me, the Hold Steady's Open Door Policy. Really, really like it. Uh, Foo Fighters, Medicine at Midnight. Uh, look, I'm going to be completely honest with you, I had trouble grabbing onto this album. I liked it a little bit better than Sonic Highways, uh, but it's not as good as Wasting Light, and I'm kind of in and out of how I feel about it given any given circumstance. One of the songs really irritated me the first time that I listened to it, and it really hasn't got gotten any better. Uh, uh, it's a short one, and that's both to its benefit and to its deficit. Look, it's a C plus. It's a C plus. Uh, it it. I was hoping for the Foo Fighters album that I've been wanting for the past few years, and I got a reasonably good Foo Fighters album. It's not the best thing they've ever done by far. It's also by far not the worst thing they've ever done. So C plus. That's where we are on the new Foo's. I know everybody in the world is going to disagree with me on that. Alice Cooper's Detroit Stories. Uh, pretty good album with a couple of weird choices. I gave it a B-. Moving on. Weezer, OK Human. I really liked it. I like the involvement of the orchestra. I like the kind of laid-back, yet still upbeat, sort of pop-punky feel of it. Uh, Weezer's Okay Human, I gave a B plus. It might even be an A, A minus. It's a really good album. I really, really like it. Uh, on from there, Steve Earle's JT. I am sure I talked about this one. It's Steve Earle's album where he covers a bunch of his songs. Er, oh shit, sorry. That was the wrong phrasing entirely. He can't possibly cover his own songs. That doesn't make sense. I think the whiskey is getting to me. Steve Earle, JT. He covered a bunch of his son's songs, Justin Towns Earle, who passed away recently. Steve played a bunch of his son's songs. That's hard to say for me for some reason. And also wrote one of his own songs at the very end, kind of, kind of saying goodbye to Justin, which is heartbreaking to listen to. It's uh, it's the kind of album where normally it might not be eligible for a top 10 list for me because it's a covers album, but because of what it is, it is 100% eligible and it is 100% going to be in my top 10. It is absolutely an A-plus of an album. Godspeed, you Black Emperor, put out a new one too called God's P at State's End. That's sort of an inside joke because Godspeed kind of sounds like and looks like God's peed and God's pee. Uh, so they have gone with the worst possible name that they could for an album and called it God's pee at State's End, although they, stylized, they, they at least stylized God as G underscore D, uh, showing respect, I guess, to God in the... Hebrew tradition, from what I understand, because Yahweh is not uh, spelled with vowels in the original transcripts of the Bible. So they took out the vowel in God's P at State's End. It's a terrible name. Terrible title. 
don't like that one bit. Uh, and from the from the title, I assumed it was a live album that I didn't really care about hearing initially. It's just a bad title. And the bad title knocks it down a little bit. It was going to be an A, but because I'm embarrassed to hand it to friends and to tell people, yeah, listen to God's Pee at State's End, uh, because the title is that fucking bad, it's a B+. But it should be an A if it were named absolutely anything else. But just the fact that they played around with the blasphemy in the way that they thought was clever, which is never clever, uh, dropped it down to a B plus. But it's it's a good album. I really enjoy it. Musically, it's an A. But as far as the presentation, B plus. Cheap Trick also put out a new one. I'm a huge Cheap Trick fan. You're talking to a former member of the Cheap Trick fan club. And I've been thinking about getting back into it since they've been doing more stuff in recent years, but I haven't. Uh, but they still send me a Christmas card every year. Nevertheless, nice of them, I think. Uh, Cheap Trick put out a new album called In Another World, which uh, is fine. There's something about their recent albums that it's mixed weird. I think it's maybe sort of the gang vocals and uh, sort of the multi-tracking that's happening. Uh, uh, just the fact that, you know, the guys in Cheap Trick are sort of starting to age out of the band and you can sort of, if you go to see them, you can see them trying to hand down the band to the, to their kids and to the next generation of, of guys that's going to keep the band going. Like Robin's son is in the stage band now, so is Rick's son. You can kind of see them starting to hand it down to the next generation to keep the trick name going. And maybe that's part of what's happening here. There's just too many, too many hands in the studio or something. There's something just slightly off about the mix. It's a B minus. I liked it. I probably couldn't sing you any of the tracks right now if you gave me a thousand dollars to do it, but I basically liked it. I'm glad to see Cheap Trick still doing stuff. It's just kind of, at the same time you listen to it and you know that you're listening to a band at the end of its career trying to figure out how to make it go longer, and that's always kind of a bummer. So on that level, it's a B minus but it's still a perfectly good album. There's just something slightly off about the mix that I can't put my finger on. Moving on from there, there's a collaboration between Floating Points, which I think is an electronica act. I'm not 100% sure. I don't know a thing about Floating Points. But Floating Points joined forces with Pharaoh Sanders, a giant in the world of jazz. And Floating Floating Points and Pharaoh Sanders put out the album Promises, and it is fantastic. I don't have enough superlatives or adjectives or other uh, words like that to describe how much I love this album. It's great on a rainy day. I think it's going to be great on a cold winter morning. It's a uh, cool sort of electronic stuff going on with a whole bunch of saxophone. Uh, very sparse, very empty, and yet full at the same time. Floating Points and Pharaoh Sanders' album Promises. Probably one of my favorites of this year. It uh, it really knocked my socks off when I heard it. 
After that, Demi Lovato put out Dancing with the Devil, colon, The Art of Starting Over. Entirely too long of an album title aside, it's, uh, it's really good. I enjoyed listening to it. I'm new to Demi Lovato. I only got to know her work because of her performance at the Grammys a couple years ago now where she sang one of the songs off of this album, uh, and I, I became a fan that night because I liked that song, and she's got an incredible voice. So I picked up this album when it came out, and uh, I probably need to read up on her further and just learn more about her. All I know is this one album, and I really, really like it. Uh, there's a cool cover of the song Mad World on here that uh, is maybe by Sam Smith. That might be right. Uh, that's the kind of thing I could Google. Hang on. Stay with me as I Google it. I'm going to type Mad World into my phone and uh, see who it's by. It is by... Uh, that can't be right. Uh, the, hang on. It can't be by Tears for Fears. That just can't be right. Uh, uh, <laughs> Gary Jules? Is it Gary Jules? Uh, 1982 song by Tears for Fears. That can't be right. Uh, Mad World Demi Lovato. You like this look behind the curtain, kids? You like this, uh, this look into, into how I do things, if, uh, if I do them at all? Uh, Mad World, Demi Lovato, okay, hang on, Wiki, uh, saw the song in Donnie Darko, yeah, I know it's in Donnie Darko, thanks for that, uh, uh, producers Mitch Allen. This wiki really sucks. Uh, composers Roland Roland Orzabal. What? Why do I think it's by Sam Smith? Who is Sam Smith? Do I know who Sam Smith is? It might be by this Roland person. Oh. Well, this is good to know. Demi Lovato apparently would prefer gender-neutral pronouns. Sorry about uh, saying she and her moments ago. Uh, I, uh, hang on. Is that right? That's the kind of thing I should have known going into this. Demi Lovato pronouns. Let's Google that now. I hope you're enjoying this. Uh, Demi Lovato now identifies as non-binary and uses they, them as pronouns. Wow, okay. Uh, sorry that I just misgendered Demi Lovato. That was, uh, I, I did not know that. My apologies to anybody who did know that and was screaming at their podcast app. Uh, every use of she and her that I just used replace with they and them, please. Uh, uh, and also, maybe we found out who wrote Mad World. I don't know. Did you learn anything there? I didn't. Uh, I think the first name of the person was Roland. All around me are familiar faces. Th that song. That's the one that Demi Lovato covers on their album. 
Hey Checkmates, it's your Uncle Derek here in the future. Uh, I wanted to take a second and correct myself on something that I said in the last little bit there. Mad World? Yeah, that's absolutely by Tears for Fears. I, uh, I didn't know the names of the band members of Tears for Fears for the Roland gentleman's name to spark anything. But uh, yeah, that song's absolutely by Tears for Fears. When I was Googling it that night... I saw Tears for Fears, and in my head, because of an old video show that I used to watch as a kid, in my head, I thought Duran Duran, and I knew Duran Duran couldn't have possibly done it, except in my brain, I was tired and drinking, and thought that Duran Duran was Tears for Fears, and there was just a mess of misinformation in my brain. Mad World, absolutely by Tears for Fears. I could not have been more wrong about that. I still have no idea who Sam Smith is, though. So, there's that. But, yeah, uh, Bad World. Tears for Fears. I was wrong in the past, but I'm right now, so don't yell at me on the internet, please. People have been doing that a lot lately. Uh, I have more to say about Demi Lovato in the past, so let's get back to it. Uh, I really liked Demi Lovato's new album, Dancing with the Devil, colon, The Art of Starting Over. Uh, it's too long of a title, but I really like the album. Uh, they did a good job on that one. It's uh, an A-, minus, I think, from me. The A- minus might be... The fact that it's a minus might be, might be because the album title is too long. Uh, the album itself was a little bit too long. I think there could have been, it would have benefited from cutting, like, two, three songs, honestly. But I really like it otherwise. Boy, I spent a lot of time on that one, didn't I? Sorry about that, kids. But, uh, I just learned a lot about Demi Lovato there in those couple of minutes. And maybe some of you did, too. Uh, I wish them all the best. As they're... Uh, probably having a bunch of guys like me still using the wrong pronouns, which we should all be mindful of. Uh, Demi Lovato, incredible voice, and based on their voice alone, you should absolutely pick up this album. It's really good, and a lot of it is going to stick with you. Uh, they've had a lot of difficult struggles in the past several years with drugs and recovery and the mental illness that goes with that and that's all on display on the album and there's some really beautiful stuff on the album and also some really interesting and fun stuff and it's an interesting look into the mind of someone who has struggled and is deciding to share and I will very rarely, if ever, give that anything below an A grade. Uh, well, I mean A minus, but th there's still an A in it. Whatever. Uh, I've spent a long time on this. I need to move on, because I, I didn't mean to spend this much time on it. Uh, Imelda May, uh, one of my favorite Irish singing ladies who doesn't necessarily talk too much about being Irish and her singing... Uh, Imelda May put out an album called Eleven Past the Hour that I really, really enjoyed. It's almost a throwback to a different time. It's a B plus. It might even be an A minus. I liked it a lot. You should check it out. There's a series of albums out there, not by Imelda May, by some other guys whose names I did not write down. The series is called Jazz is Dead. They're on volume six, 
and each volume focuses in on a different jazz giant who they bring in to play stuff with them. And uh, pretty much if you just kind of Google Jazz is Dead, you're going to find this series. They're up to Volume 6. Volume 6 is the one that was my foot in the door of the series, and I really, really enjoyed it. Jazz is Dead, Volume 6, featuring whoever the fuck is on that album, is an absolute A in my book. I enjoyed the hell out of it, and I've gone back to it every rainy day since it came out. Except for today, because I was listening to the Tragically Hip. But you know what I mean. Uh, Dinosaur Jr. also put out a new album, which was a surprise to me. I didn't know that they were working on one, but there is one. Dinosaur Jr. put out Sweep It Into Space, and I liked it, but I need to listen it to a little bit more. Wait, wait, that sentence didn't come out. I need to listen to it a little bit more. I need to listen to the new Dinosaur Jr. album, Sweep It Into Space, a little bit more before I give it a final verdict. That's what I was trying to say. Right now, it's a B-, but with the possibility of extra credit as time goes on. Manchester Orchestra put out a new album, too. I've been talking about them for several years, and I'm certainly not the only one. They're a pretty popular band these days. But Manchester Orchestra uh, put out The Million Masks of God, which I would say is an A album, like an A letter grade, maybe an A minus, just because I like their previous album, Black uh, Black Mile to the Service. Nope. I like their previous album, A Black Mile to the Surface, a little bit more. But uh, The Million Masks of God is really good, too. Uh, There's a little bit of a vocal tick that the lead singer has that uh, is very apparent in this album. He likes to end phrases with... I'm going to use the word away, but it's sort of Y vowel sounds at the end of a word. He likes to end with away to you. He likes to end phrases with that pacing. Away to you. He likes to do that. And that's evident on this album in more than one track to the point that it just sort of jumped out and waved at me. So it's not as good as the previous one where that sort of vocal styling was there too because that's just his thing he does. We all have our tics, and that's one of his, Uh, but on this one, I found it distracting. So it's an A, maybe an A-, minus because Black Mile was an A+. That's sort of where I am on it. Guided by Voices put out a new album. Again, uh, they keep fucking doing that, because Guided by Voices thinks that they're the only band, and they just keep hitting you over the head with albums. They did three last year. So far, only one this year. But uh, there's there's probably more. There's probably another, I don't know, six or eight in the chamber. Uh, but they, they, they got it by voices. Put out a new album called Earthman Blues. I will tell you this, as somebody who's got a little bit of fatigue from how often they're putting out albums, Earthman Blues is really fucking good. If you're a GBV fan at all, you should probably put this one in your collection. It's really, really good. It has 
sold out at least one pressing everywhere so far because every GB... Let me try that whole sentence again. It is sold out in its first pressing everywhere because absolutely every GBV fan out there bought it and then bought another copy to hand to someone else. It's that good. Earthman Blues, great album. You might have to get it on a streaming service at this point because I don't know if there are physical copies out there, but it's really, really good. I've got a CD copy myself. Uh, I like it a lot. I obviously, from everything I've said so far, gave it an A. Uh, after that, let's see, I've only, I've got a few things written down, but I, uh, I've only listened to a couple of them. Uh, uh, Liquid Tension Experiment, the band that is sort of an offshoot of Dream Theater, put out their first album in 20 years, maybe? Uh, it's just sort of a jam band situation, but like a prog rock jam band with, uh, uh, John Petrucci and Jordan Rudis of Dream Theater, and also Mike Portnoy of formerly Dream Theater and whatever he's doing now, and Tony Levin of King Crimson, among other things. That's the band. They put out two albums in the late 90s. The second one may have been early 2000s. I can't quite remember off the top of my head. They finally put out LTE 3, which is a big deal because Portnoy has been out of Dream Theater for quite some time now, so to have him doing stuff with... Brutus and uh, Petrucci is kind of a big deal, and uh, I picked that up because I was interested, and I listened to it, and I had a really good time, and it felt nostalgic but fresh, and I, 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 just, I just really enjoyed it. So LTE 3, it, I'm going to give it a B plus because I don't know if I want it to be an A. And I can't put my finger on why. I think maybe just it's a side project for everybody, so can that ever really be an A? And the answer is yes, but I feel like B-plus is more appropriate. So that's where I am with it. The last thing that I've actually listened to is the new release by The Tragically Hip, who I just talked about a half hour ago on the show or so. Uh, the Tragically Hip put out an album called Saskadelphia. It's actually more of like a six-song EP. It's uh, outtakes from their album Road Apples, because Road Apples was initially going to be two LPs, and the record company put the kibosh on that, so they went with the album that we have. And Saskadelphia, like the six songs on that, kind of sat in storage for a long time. They rediscovered them this past year or so and decided to put out those six songs, and uh, they did that. And it's fine, but it's uh, it's one of those things that every time I hear the stuff that didn't make the proper album years later, I kind of hear it and go, yeah, I see why they didn't put it, put it on the album, you know. And that's sort of where I am with this, but at the same time, it's nice to have new Tragically Hip stuff, or at least new to me Tragically Hip stuff. Uh, personally, I'm hoping for more stuff from the latter era of the hip, I'm hoping maybe they've got an album sitting around from after Gord found out about his medical situation. Maybe they did something together that we just haven't heard yet. I would really like to hear that album because The Hip is one of those bands that I feel just kept getting better and better. And I, I like Man Machine Poem, which was their last album uh, during Gord Downey's lifetime. 
Uh, I like that album a lot, and I would be really interested in hearing the follow-up to that if there is one. But hey, we got some hip songs that we didn't have before. So with my feelings on it as it is, I'm going to give that a B. There's more stuff that I've got in my collection that I haven't really absorbed yet. And uh, a couple of those I got for my birthday, a couple of those I got afterward and just haven't dug into yet. And those albums are the newest one by Weezer, their second this year, called Van Weezer, which is a ridiculous name and a ridiculous album cover. Uh, looks very 80s, and I'll, I'll dig into that soon enough. I'm just not in that headspace just yet. Also, the new one by Dropkick Murphys, Turn Up That Dial. Haven't listened to that yet. There's a new Lord Huron album out. Uh, called Long Lost that I have that I haven't listened to yet. That's uh, that's probably my next stop because there's a pretty easy transition out of the hip and Gord Downey into into that vibe. Uh, also, His Golden Mes Messenger is uh, has put out an album called Quietly Blowing It. I'm looking forward to that. The Mountain Goats have put out a new album called uh, Dark in Here. Mountain Goats, incidentally, seem to be on a similar release schedule to Guided by Voices, uh, putting out too much stuff too quickly, but uh, I'm interested in hearing the new one, and it's sitting around, haven't listened to it yet. Uh, in the next half of this year, we've got, I think some of this is even out already, we've got a new album by Modest Mouse, it's about damn time, we've got a new album by Slater Kenny, a new slash old album by The Descendants, there's a Vault release from Prince coming up, there's a Colleen Green. Uh, the rumors of a new album by Ghost by Lady Gaga with Tony Bennett, which I really hope to hear soon. Maybe a new Mastodon. There's probably more Guided by Voices, probably more Mountain Goats. Who knows? It, uh, it's it's going to be an interesting year. I'm uh, having a lot of fun digging into the stuff that I'm digging into. And that was our little catch-up. We've got one more segment to do after this, and then we'll do the outro that's how this show works. I hope you enjoyed the music catch-up as it stands as of now. Anyway. talk to you briefly about a couple of books that I've read recently, both by the same author, so that's uh, uh, going to keep it at least a little bit concise, uh, both by the author Tatiana DeRozne, who I've mentioned on the show in the past. She's recently become a favorite of mine. She wrote uh, probably her most famous novel is Sarah's Key, which is kind of a Holocaust-based novel. Uh, and she's just written a lot of stuff that I've ended up really, really liking. I first dug into her because I was in a bookstore and I saw a copy of her book, The Rain Watcher, and I thought the cover was pretty, and I took it home because it was on sale, and I thought, what's the worst that could happen? Uh, and instead of the worst, the best thing happened. I found an author that I really, really liked and whose, whose prose I really enjoy. 
So uh, she's got a couple of books that I've read recently. One is a new release. One has been sitting around for a little bit, but I just finally got into it. And uh, uh, I, I really like her writing. She's uh, part uh, English and part French. So some of her books are written in French and then translated into English. And uh, uh, so sometimes there's a little bit of a delay in when we get them in the States. But most of them are pretty quickly available in, in both, uh, both languages. I think she even does her own translation on a lot of them. Or, you know, she'll write some that are in English and it's not a problem to get them in the U.S. But it, it, it's sort of an interesting situation. And it's, it's also interesting watching that start to kind of penetrate her own writing. Because that's uh, one of the themes that starts coming up in her writing is sort of the bilingual aspect of of uh, she'll like give her characters to languages or she'll stress the importance of being bilingual in in some of what she writes. But we'll 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 maybe get into that a little bit deeper as I go on. Uh, uh, I I I enjoy her work a lot. She just crafts really beautiful ideas and sentences. The book that I read that is new this year, the one that just came out, is a book called Flowers of Darkness. It's her newest novel, and uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, although, uh, if I could sit with her and ask some questions, I would definitely have them on this book. Because uh, it's, uh, it's a novel, and what it's about is a woman going through a divorce in the apparently not-too-distant future, because it's, it's, uh, it's set in France in a time where terrorist attacks have happened that have uh, leveled the Eiffel Tower. And we're in a time after that has happened, but with the memories still fresh. And it's a woman who's gone through or is going through a separation leading to a divorce, who has moved into a new building. And that building is very futuristic and has sort of automated everything and a virtual assistant that does absolutely everything for her and monitors absolutely everything for her. And there are cameras keeping tabs on her and watching her vital signs and all of that. Very sort of 1984 in that way. And she... uh, uh uh, uh, spends a lot of time sort of walking around in, in the subject of what it's like to be monitored all the time and the paranoia that just sort of would pop up from that. And is it a blessing or is it a curse is sort of a, 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 a theme of the, of the, uh, the, 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 the novel. Couldn't get the word novel out just there for those of you who keep track of my stuttering. Uh, the, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's a big... That's a big theme of the book, and that's a theme that I, I think is very relevant to us. It's a theme that I think about a lot personally as a semi-Luddite as I am, uh, a Luddite who depends on the internet to upload his, his podcast, but a Luddite nonetheless. Uh, I, I think about that kind of stuff a lot, and I think a lot of us do, especially coming out of this pandemic that we've been in, we uh, where where technology has been such a benefit to so many of us, it's all, we also have to weigh, you know, well, how how great is it that we all have cameras that we can just switch on and see each other all the time? You know, that's, that's uh, a little bit wrapped up in this. Uh, also, just sort of the 
uh, one of the things she stresses in it that's a recurring theme in Durazne's work is the importance of buildings and the memories that the buildings carry with them. The main character in, in Flowers of Darkness moves into a brand new building that supposedly has no memories, but it's built on the site of a terrorist attack, and there's some mystery to the fact that she's being monitored so closely, and why is that, and why do they need to know so much about her in the in the building complex, and and uh, uh, why is it so important that she check in with the virtual assistant and all that, and and uh, so that's 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 kind of there too. But she spends a lot of time walking around in in the world of uh, Virginia Woolf and uh, Gary Romaine as well, uh, to to uh, writers who whose uh, well whose suicides were very impactful to her. And who uh, uh, the 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 homes that they lived in at the at their time of deaths have been have become sort of noted tourist stops, and the weight that those buildings carry, and the weight that buildings in general carry. That you you can walk into an old building and just know that this building has secrets, and this building has stories, and that's that's explored quite a bit in this novel. Uh, as, alongside the question of you know, intrigue of how closely is the main character being monitored and are her experiences being manipulated and is everything that she's experiencing real and for her benefit and raising those important questions about technology that we should probably all be asking. And uh, it was a really good read. The one sort of negative that I would say about it is it it delves deep into those topics and then at the end it just kind of walks away from them. It doesn't really resolve what is going on. It doesn't answer the question of what the mystery is. It raises all of the questions but provides no answers, which is a legitimate stylistic choice but I felt like she spent so much time in the book raising questions of what is going on, who can be trusted, and who can't, that she then just walked away from it entirely, and her main character suddenly just walks out of the building never to return again, and never has to answer any of those questions. It, it, it almost feels like, okay, but where's part two? Where's the sequel that answers all of these fucking questions that you've left me with? So, I understand the choice, and it's a legit, it's a legitimate choice. It was more important to her to raise the questions than to provide the answer, and I get that. But I really wanted the answers within the <laughs> within the structure of the story. Uh, what happened there is she raised questions that we as a society need to be asking. But the problem is, we as a society don't have answers to that question. Or to those questions, pardon me. So she couldn't answer those questions in the story and still have it be applicable to our society. But within the narrative of the story, those questions really needed answers. <laughs> so, uh... It's a little bit of a of a of a struggle there. So I I really really enjoyed it, and the book has really really stuck with me, 
and I really, really want answers to the stuff that was left hanging, which is either a 100% success or like a 75% failure. And I don't know which it is. I'm leaning towards success because I've read most of her work and I've got a lot of trust in her. So I think that she accomplished exactly what she wanted to. I just am frustrated by the fact that I wanted her to accomplish something else. But it's beautiful and it's well written. And like I said, it has stuck with me since I finished it. I just want the next chapter or two to, <laughs> to finish it out. Which is uh, frustrating, but that is probably also exactly what she was going for. So, uh, thumbs up on the book, but also thumbs kind of down on the ending, but also kind of up. I guess it depends on how you read it. But it certainly didn't uh, change my opinion of Tatiana Durazne as, a, as an author. I still really enjoy her work. I enjoy her work so much that I then immediately dove into a biography that she wrote called Manderley Forever, which is a biography of uh, Daphne du Maurier, who is most famous for having written the book Rebecca, which uh, maybe you've seen the Alfred Hitchcock movie of the book if you haven't read the book. Uh, the Hitchcock movie deviates from the plot of the book or from the ending of the book a little bit in a way that I don't particularly enjoy, but having read... De Rosne's book on Du Maurier, apparently Daphne Du Maurier, did like the ending of the movie and did appreciate Hitchcock's treatment of the movie quite a bit, so I guess I should stop complaining. Uh, Manderley Forever is a novelized version of Daphne Du Maurier's life. It writes it as though it's a novel, but it's a, a biography, which is, I guess, what I mean by novelized biography. Uh, it's very well done. It, uh, treats the people in her life story as characters, and you quickly grow to love or to despise each one of them. I learned so much about Daphne du Maurier, who I didn't know that much about going into it, and I, uh, I really want to read more of her stuff now that I've, I've read up on, on her herself. Uh, I didn't know that she was probably bisexual, uh, which is of some debate in literary circles, but uh, Durazne seems to take the stance that she clearly had some relationships with women, uh, but also had a long, reasonably happy marriage to a guy who served as essentially second banana to Prince Philip, who just recently died. I didn't know that. I didn't know that de Maurier had royal connections, that she was, her husband worked directly for the prince, you know, Prince Philip, and right next to Queen Elizabeth. I didn't know that. Uh, I didn't know that her father had been famous before her as an actor, that she was closely associated with uh, uh, the guy who wrote Peter Pan. Didn't know that. Didn't know any of that. I was fascinated by this woman's life. It, she lived a really, really interesting life, and it really speaks to why she was such a good writer. And uh, uh, I, I, I read Manderley Forever, 
mainly because I'm a big fan of the book Rebecca. Rebecca is one of my favorite books, one of my favorite stories. I've gone back to it a lot on one of my two albums that I released this year. I've got a song called Rebecca that is based loosely on that book, told in a first-person perspective from the point of view of uh, the other Mrs. DeWinter, as she, uh, air quotes, is known uh, among literary uh, patrons. Uh, I, I, I wrote a song about Rebecca. I love that book so much. I am a big fan of Daphne du Maurier. Didn't know that much about her personally, and I learned a ton reading de Rosne's book about her, Manderley Forever. And if you're even glancingly interested in Daphne du Maurier's life, to me, that's the biography to read, because it's a really engrossing read, but a fairly easy one because of the novelized aspect of it. And Derosne has such a wonderful way with words. Uh, I understand that this particular book was written in French, and she did not do the translation herself. But even even so, even though the translation was done by somebody else, her pacing and her structure still flows through the text, and it still feels absolutely like one of her books. So it's a very good translation. I really enjoyed it. Uh, really loved reading that book, and it made me want to dive into the work of really both authors even more deeply. Uh, I can't recommend Tatiana Derozny enough. I, Derozny, D-E space R-O-S-N-A-Y, and Tatiana or Tatiana, depending on how you choose to pronounce that name. Uh, I can't recommend her enough. She's uh, she's wonderful. I, I really appreciate how she tells stories. Uh, I follow her on Twitter and <laughs> and tweeted at her that I had been reading Manderley Forever, and it made me want to dive deeper into both her and into de Maurier's work. And uh, she replied saying thank you and retweeted me, and that was really nice to have one of my new favorite authors just sort of acknowledge that I exist for a moment. So that, that was cool, too. Uh, really big fan of hers. I uh, uh, the, the way that she writes excites and frustrates and makes me happy, and that's probably the highest compliment I could pay to an author, is to, is to say that there are times that I read her work and I move to tears. There are times that I read her work and I'm smiling from ear to ear. And there are times that I read her work and I am so frustrated there's steam coming out of my ears because I just want answers. You know, she she sparks passion in everything she writes, even in the stuff that I I I uh, I would have recommended a different ending or a different approach. Uh, her stuff still sparked passion and still uh, uh, left me with memory and with sense memory and with with uh, interest in the subject. So she's she's just one of those great authors that maybe you haven't read, especially if you live here in the States, that you should ab- absolutely go out of your way to read. Uh, that's what I've been reading lately. I'm hoping to dive deeper into some of Daphne du Maurier's stuff here in the very near future as a result of having read Tatiana Durasne. Girl, I can't compare She's 
All right, I think that counts as an episode, don't you? It, uh, we, we talked. It's been, well, it's been a little over an hour, I think. I'm not really sure. I, that, that might change. Bound to edit this one a little. Even the edited versions sometimes could use editing. Uh, I, I, I think we're done, is what I'm saying. And you can go about your business, and I'll go about mine. And we'll get back together in two weeks for episode number 100. And that'll be a heck of a, of a thing. I'm, I'm really looking forward to doing that. I'm looking forward to the show going forward and doing stuff with my brother. And just, it, it's going to be fun. We're going to have some fun times ahead. You'll see. You'll see. Uh, assuming that nothing, you know, kills me or <laughs> keeps delaying me, one of the two or both. Uh, you know, that whole thing. Uh, thanks so much again for your patience. Thanks for listening to this. Thanks for putting up with me, probably having a little bit of rust to how I do this and just, you know, you you don't use it, you lose it type of thing. And it's been a couple of months. Uh, but thanks for, uh, thanks for this. Thanks for being such good and loyal and wonderful checkmates. I, uh, I need to say the stuff that I say at the end of every show, but first... I want to just remind you, two new albums that you can get absolutely free over at DerekBrink.Bandcamp.com, Almost Moving Backwards, and Happy Now. All of the music that you've heard in the show, with the exception of the show theme, all the music that you've heard is from one of those two albums, and uh, I'm very proud of them both, and I think you'll really like them if you like my other stuff, and you might even like them if you don't like my other stuff. Um, it's... it's uh, They were both uh, sort of passion projects that came out at the same time, and uh, very, very, very proud of them. Please go check those out. Absolutely free to listen, absolutely free to download. All you do is enter zero as your purchase price, and it's yours. I don't even know you took it. I would just love it if you loved it, as I say all the time. Uh, so thanks for indulging me on that, uh, and and thanks for the, to those of you who have already emailed me and texted me and commented on things to me about liking one of those albums. That really means a lot as well. Uh, yeah, the, it's 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 good stuff, and it's being well received, and I'm happy. So that's that's been nice. Uh, other than that. Folks, if uh, you are not vaccinated, please go get vaccinated. If you are not vaccinated, please continue to wear a mask for your safety and others, and also social distance as much as you can. Frankly, even if you are vaccinated, you probably could keep up doing that stuff, and it won't hurt you. It might even help quite a bit, because... COVID numbers in my state are on the rise. Here in Missouri, we're number one for COVID re- uh, resurge. Not research, resurge, the resurgence of COVID. We're number one in the country right now as far as as things being bad. I think we're the most unvaccinated state. Our leadership is terrible, and uh, uh, it's 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 embarrassing and it's sad. And uh, I things are gonna shut down again. They just are. I don't. I mean, I don't know that for sure, but they are, or they should if they're not. Um. It's getting real Darwin-y out there, and it's it's a shame that you can't trust people to police themselves, you know? Because um, you really should be able to. We really should all be in this together, but we're just not, and that's not apparent anywhere as much as it is in Missouri. So 
uh, it's scary out there, folks, and it's still scary, and I'm, I'm kind of going back into an office situation for the first time in a year and a half, and that's been scary, and I don't love walking around and not wearing a mask there, and people not wearing masks there, and I, I don't love having a shared bathroom situation. I mean, no one loves that anyway, but that, just the whole time I'm in there, I'm sure I'm getting COVID, you know, and, uh, um... It's it's still scary out there, and it's it's even if things are fine for those of us who are vaccinated, it's still scary. So, get vaccinated, wear a mask when you need to wear a mask, and if you need to wear a mask, uh, social distance as much as you can, just as a general rule of thumb. I- I'll tell you what, it's been almost a year and a half, and I haven't even had the sniffles, so I might wear a mask in public for the rest of my life. I don't know. We'll find out as time goes on, but. Uh, uh, this stuff works, man. The precautions that you were told to take work, so please be responsible. Please remember that black lives matter, trans rights are human rights, and I'm going to go one further and remind you that also women's rights are human rights, because for some reason we're in a point where we need to say that again, too. So uh, be good to each other. Be good to yourselves, take care of each other, not take care of each other, do take care of each other, but that's not how I do it. Hang on, what is it? It's be good to each other, be good to yourselves, forgive each other, and forgive yourselves. And while you're doing all that, check us out next time. Somebody email me and tell me who Sam Smith is. <laughs> <laughs>